Hey, welcome to Truth Lies Shenanigans Podcast. Social commentary, hot topics, amazing guests with a ton of fun and shenanigans along the way. This week's podcast, we're discussing the drama around the Lovecraft country and Marvel star Jonathan Majors. Then we're talking about how AI may be protecting people from police brutality. We're also paying respect to the late Jerry Springer. And we've got some news that may be a little hard to swallow. Oral sex causes cancer. (laughs) All right, you can watch us live on YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitch TV. We'll be checking your comments on YouTube and Facebook at TLS Live Show or TLSShow.com. So those are the best places to watch if you want to be part of the conversation. All right, let me introduce you to my co-host. First up, we have our nature lover, gamer, rock star, coming to you from Ontario, Canada, Mr. Rob Rock. Happy Sunday, everyone. Uh, it's really great to be here. And for those of you who don't know, today is National Pet Parents Day. So this is a day of observance that falls on the last Sunday of every April and recognizes pet parents who go the extra mile to care for their fur babies. So for all of those with fur babies, this is your day. I know that personally, our fur baby is very grateful that our little visitor is gone. Our granddaughter spent the night here Friday and our poor cat was having none of it, which is weird because... What's your cat's name again? Bast, named after Bastet, the Egyptian cat goddess. Okay. All right. Yeah, I know. I'm nerdy that way. (laughs) No comment. No, (laughs) it's so weird because our granddaughter is just so gentle and loving with the cat. She comes in, she's quiet. She knows that she's skittish. She'll go get treats and feed her. But the cat was having none of it. But she was sleeping at the foot of the bed in her little pup tent that she's got. Oh, that's cute. And I guess the. Yeah, so the cat just really was not happy about that at all. But spending some time with the little one was just so great. We took her to Comics North, which is a local comic book store that's been here for decades, mm. to buy her first comic book. Oh, nice. So what you get? Picking up, yeah. Aww. She ended up getting something called Sweet. Welcome Welcome to the Jam, Jam Animals. It's just in the living room, but it's just <laughs> these cute little kawaii style animals that are drawn and then she was reading Ew. through it and then she gets and then she's like Grandpa, there's stickers in this book i was just like oh come on i have never had a comic book with stickers this is amazing it is pretty cool actually i like that <laughs> yeah love that kid all right next up a college student model business owner streaming from atlanta georgia gianni storm hey guys i missed you I have been suffering during this Mercury retrograde, so all of the electronics, I feel like I've had to get gas every single day for my car. Like, it's just, I don't know. I just can't wait till it's over. Are you still in the same neighborhood? Are they siphoning your gas? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's better over here. We're safe. We haven't had any issues. I'll let you guys know. You're living (laughs) Murphy's Law. (laughs) I swear, I don't know what it is. It's just strange. but. I've been doing good though. I actually yesterday went to a modeling casting and it felt so interesting because I haven't walked. I haven't went to a casting in years. And then as you guys know, I have this scar now, so I'm not self-conscious about it, but in the modeling world, you don't know what you're going to get. Like I know that there's unique models, but I was just Mm kind of nervous, but I actually 
made the audition and I was supposed to go back awesome. today, but I was told at the last minute, like they told me literally last night. And I was like, I can't, you know, oh. that, that, I can't do that. But, uh, the positive is that they have another one next Sunday. So awesome. Okay. So, but you made the audition. Congratulations. Good job. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I did. I knew I was going to get it. Like my, my walk is crazy. Of course. <laughs> Your walk is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, Those are some again. of my favorite fail videos online on the cat. We got some comments online. Latoya Blazer says, Hey Rob, nicely done Gianni. So sorry you couldn't make it. And Jacqueline Robinson's online. She says, good evening, everyone. Uh, All right. The and love. <laughs> it's a lot of love. Of course. Good. I'm your host, Neo Nix. So I got to start out with a shout out to my nephew, Owen. He was actually just left. So we were dog sitting. You were talking about the fur babies. We were dog sitting for my sister-in-law. And sometime during the course of the day, my wife went to go pick him up from, I guess, my mother-in-law's house. So we were basically turning to child care and dog care for a little while. But <laughs> That's awesome. I want to awesome. give him a shout out because... Yeah, sometimes you just got to do it. But he's a guy, he's like a great kid. I mean, he's he's like one of the coolest kids I know, and he loves basketball. Um, like my favorite video game, as you know, Rob, is Uncharted. So he started playing it. And I'm telling these kids, man, they just pick up the controller and then they're, they're like better than you are. I, it took me like years to I get good get at it. this game. And he's just like, oh, oh my God. He's crushing people. I'm like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's only like, what? I'm watching. I think he's 10, 11 now. Watching my granddaughter play sandbox games like Human Fall Flat, there's no real objective other than trying to figure your way out through the level. And I mean, the games I grew up with were very linear. This is what you do. Follow this path. Now it's just an open concept. And to hear the ideas that she's generating to try to overcome different obstacles, it's just like, man, like this is so neat. And she's five and she crushes it. It's like, Papa would not have thought of that. We're, what? That's a great idea. Yes, let's do that. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Let's get, a, let's get into some hot topics. We got some great hot topics today. So you've got Jonathan Majors. Tell us what's going on, Johnny Storm. <sighs> okay, guys. So here's a crazy celebrity story. Some of you guys know actor Jonathan Majors. He was in Creed 3, Ant-Man, Avengers, and Guardians of the Galaxy. The third one. Well, he was arrested and charged back in March with strangulation, assault, and harassment uh, allegations made by his ex-girlfriend, Grace Jabari. So she told police that he hit and choked her, and this fight allegedly happened while the two of them were taking a taxi home from a bar. But Jonathan Major says she was hitting him, scratching, and attacking him over, like, infidelity claims, supposedly. From his side, medical experts' opinions conclude that Grace Jabari was lying, but these weren't the actual doctors. These are just medical experts. But just earlier this month, it was reported that more women have actually come forward to accuse Jonathan of abuse. They're cooperating with Manhattan DA. Uh, do you think Jonathan Mage's recent criminal allegations will have a long-term impact on his career? Mm. And how do you guys think this could affect his current roles? Why don't you start us out, Robbie? Sure. Johnny, I think it's really hard to predict the long-term impact that these allegations against Majors will have on his acting career, because it's going to come down to the outcome of any investigations or legal proceedings. 
also how the public and the entertainment in industry responds to the allegations, right? Right. So it's right. very possible that the allegations alone could negatively impact his reputation and impact future job opportunities, especially right. if they turn out to be true. But it's worth noting that Hollywood has been undergoing a cultural shift when it comes to these types of allegations, allegations of abuse, harassment, discrimination. And yeah. quite often we're finding the, the offenders are facing consequences for their actions. Um, in terms of yes. his current roles in the industry, it's really going to depend on the individual production companies and how they respond to the situation. But you I think found, he did it? what I found in, um, so with other People coming forward, that establishes some form of pattern. But for this particular one, I really found it interesting. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what comes out in trial or if it's going to be settled. But his legal team does claim that they've got a video that exonerates him and they have a witness to the incident. So if it was happening in the back of a taxi, wow. and you know the taxi driver is a witness, and most of them have cameras in them. So then you've got the video evidence. He maintains that he didn't hit his girlfriend, that she's the one that became violent, and that's already been established, and that he acted in self-defense. As a rule, I don't hit people, but if you start yelling, screaming, and striking at me, I'm going to defend myself. I'm going to push you back. I'm going to retaliate in kind. Actually. With a proper, with a measured response. You know, if someone's considerably smaller than me, I'm not going to smack them around, because Majors is a fair-sized dude. Yeah, he is. And you know, he and his legal team have reportedly been cooperating with law enforcement, and he's offered to take a polygraph test to prove his innocence. So this is an interesting one, and I want to see how it plays out. But like you said, Nia, with the extra allegations, people coming forward, it makes things more questionable, for sure. Do you think people like bandwagon stuff? I'm not saying this is the case with R. Kelly, but that's the first thing that popped to my head. Like when one person or two people came out and then like 30 other people... And then I mean, see, that's tough, though, true. because you got Bill Cosby, where like 100 women or so, I'm, I'm exaggerating, obviously, <laughs> but a lot, <laughs> but, you know, came forward because he had actually allegedly assaulted those women. Um, right. Am I surprised that more women are coming forward? No, I mean, because it's an opportunity to get some money, even if they're lying or not lying or whatever. I don't want to. I don't want to assume that they're not telling the truth. I don't want to assume right. that. Of course. And but that's one of the allegations. It is one of the allegations that Majors is making is that the accusations against him were fabricated in an attempt to extort money from him. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, it kind of makes sense. That's but let me. Obvious defense, though. There's some comments online I want to get to real quick. Well, first, uh, Latoya Blakely wanted to say that, hey, somebody shout out the DC Defenders. They're headed to the XFL championship. <laughs> <laughs> all right but uh, she also says yo this is crazy my friend and i were talking about him the other day i think so gianni look at columbus short one allegation by his ex-wife and we have barely seen or heard from him since who's columbus short you know oh yeah who's that i don't know who. he was um well, you wouldn't know the movies he played in but it was kind of like the bet hollywood type movies okay. um columbus Short. wow yeah that's a good that was a good reference um, Jacqueline mm -hmm. Robbins says he was just getting on immediate job opportunities will probably dry up. I was uh, thinking that as for long-term prospects, it depends on the outcome of the case. So I don't know. 
for me, I was highly disappointed about the allegations because I've been a fan of Major yeah. since Lovecraft. I mean, he was so good in oh, Lovecraft. Oh, he was in Lovecraft. So good. I thought he was amazing. Then he was in that movie, Harder They Fall. And then he was in Ant-Man. And, and everything he's done, I mean, spot on acting skills. He is mm-hmm. so Yeah, he's good. great. He's a, um, yeah, it's a great presence. Yeah. He now, does. To answer your question, do I think this will negatively impact his career? I think it will, even if he comes out innocent. That dude was about to blow up. Like his character, Kang, oh, yeah. the Kang. Conqueror. Oh, he was Kang like, is a oh, huge oh. character. He was like Thanos in all those previous Marvel movies. So he was going to be across all the Marvel movies. And you get something like this, Disney's going to be like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, there are rumors that he, they already started writing him out of some of the scripts. I mean, they're rumors, but we don't know. But I think there'll that always be, be questions looming. You know, everyone's career gets affected by allegations like this, even if it's untrue. Now, yeah. do I believe he did it? I, I don't know. You know, it's hard to tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to mention one no, thing, right? People forget that women are violent, too. Mostly because it's underreported, we kind of sure. forget. You know, like, think of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Amber Heard was off oh my the God. chain, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Johnny Depp, it was some mutual stuff going on there, but Amber Heard right. was off the chain. Problem. But major story is plausible, right? That he cheated and, and his girlfriend became pissed. I mean... And they were drinking that night. Alcohol was involved. Alcohol was involved. And that's nope. absolutely a contributing factor when people make bad decisions when they're under the influence, especially when they're emotional. You know, I've, I told you guys in the past that I was in a relationship where I was... With someone who was physically aggressive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? So I looked up I some numbers. So national police reports and emergency room records indicate that women are 75 to 90% of the victims in reported domestic abuse cases. Reported. Mm. But then there's been several studies, and there's one back in 2006 that said when looking at the physical and psychological aggression between cohabitating couples with young children, it indicated that minor instances of violence were initiated by men 23% of the time, while instances of minor aggressions were ignited by women in 33% of the cases. So more often, women initiated the aggression. And then it said mm-hmm. in the more severe cases, it was 8.4 men Isn't that funny? I mean, and 11% women. Um, the most often cited reason for male-initiated aggression was female physical aggression, <laughs> while wow. for female-initiated aggression, it was male verbal aggression. Wow. So they got I mad because of that. something the man said versus something they actually did. Did, right. Mm-hmm. And I think that we've all been witnesses to those types of events. I think we've all seen that over <laughs> the course sure. of our lifetime. Yeah, because, you, you know, even in I've movies, you see men get bit. slapped like it's nothing. You know, like, that's just normal. But right. Slap, 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 slap. You, I can't believe you yeah. did this. What the hell? Hands off. No, no hitting. Bad touch. Yeah. There was a, so true. I got one more study. So there was one more study. They did a, a larger group of people and they found about 25% of men, 25% of women initiated aggression, but it was almost half and half, right? No, the other okay. 50% was interesting because they were mutually initiated the violence, right? Okay. And they found that mutual violent relationships were most likely to result in injuries to women. Makes sense, right? However, women who participated in mutually violent behavior with their male partners were more likely to display a pattern of repeated violence than men. 
men's violence was more likely to be isolated and unlikely to be repeated. Now, those again, oh, those are strange. those are percentages. That doesn't mean hmm. that, you know, yeah. everybody fits that's into those percentages. But yeah, right, right. That's true. It's, the, when you're looking at the numbers, the surveys, the, the, the studies, it is actually showing that more often women are the aggressors in domestic it's violence. It's a pattern of retaliation. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's mm. just the numbers, even though more women report physical violence and it results in more injuries, as we mentioned. But, you know, I will say um, from personal experience and growing up around plenty of women and aunts, all aunts and stuff like that, women are very violent. So these numbers definitely do not surprise me. But I don't know. They're really kind of like shocking numbers. It doesn't surprise me that women abusing men goes underreported. Like it's not as reported as much. Mm -hmm. And women being more of the abusers is not reported as much. But that's it. I've seen that very commonly, very, mm. very common. Or it's like, like you said, mutual. Yeah. Like when I yeah, was, when you said, what I found interesting is when you said mutual, right. that indicates that people, regardless so, of gender can be crappy with their partners, with their significant others. Basically. So, right. Right. If, if that's kind of a measured response where, you know, if you're two aggressive people, okay, well, if it's an equal response, I found that kind of interesting yeah. as far as the studies are concerned. Yeah. Yeah. The numbers are interesting. But I will say, like, as a man, having been in my previous relationship where the woman was the aggressive one, it's kind of hard when you're, like, telling your family and your friends and stuff. And they start oh, looking yeah. at you like, mm-hmm, sure. What's wrong with you? Sure, it was, it was her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they start wondering in the back of their minds, even though they want to trust you and believe you, they still have those questions. You get scrutinized more, you know, especially like someone like me. I grew up with a violent childhood. and Usually that ends up either you're the violent person or you're a victim. You either yeah. try it, and it turns out yep. I was the other way around. So, you know, but people always inherently question. So I could see for years him being questioned. And then the other thing that we failed to mention was the racial aspect of this. Yep. Because, you know, white girl tears all over again. And then the stereotypes. Think about, like, the first thing that comes to your mind when you see Jonathan Majors and that small white girl. You. I mean, yeah. it's like Mandingo man attacks a helpless little white <laughs> white woman, you know? I mean, that's the yeah. image yeah. that you get in your head, and that's the stereotype that people build in their minds. And so, you know, it's like I, he has a greater burden of proof because of his race, gender, and physical stature than this woman does. So she can say that, hey, I was beat up by Jonathan Majors. He has to be the one to prove he didn't. And, and I don't yeah, know. I don't know if that's fair to him. But with that being said, I don't know if he did it or not. He could be right, if he did it. a crappy dude. He really if could he be a crappy dude. Uh, because yeah. uh, some of these actors are crazy. Some of these actors are like, you, you really don't know them until you, you really know them. So yeah. he, could, he could be a crappy dude. So I'm, but I don't want to rush to judgment. That's all I want to say. That's all my point was. You got to see okay. the evidence. All right. So Exactly. Okay, so Columbus Short was in Stomp the Yard. Oh, I know who you're talking about now. That was the movie. I was going to say Step Up. <laughs> I Stomp forgot. the Yard. I, I know exactly who you're talking about now. Okay. Oh, Jack yeah, Robinson says that body, though. Woo. <laughs> 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 yeah, Olivia agreed with that. She's like, yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> Jack Robinson also says, young men aren't taught to walk away anymore. If you get in their face... Some of them will slap you in the middle of next week. That's true. They will. They will. The younger guys, 
That's they true. do not care. Their mothers are different. They, they talk them differently. I'll just say that. that. That's very true. I mean, that is one of the things that they're not taught because I was taught to walk away, you know? So yeah. it's, it's sort of take it, you know, you're, you're a man, you can't hit a woman. So I always heeded that, you, you know, I'm a man, I can't hit a woman and I never would. But with that being said, yeah. having been in a situation where I was hit, and I'm like, well, I, I'm not, I didn't, I didn't hit back, but I certainly defended myself, you know, get off me, you know, and those type of things. But of course, mm-hmm. of course. But with that being said, I could have been in a situation where she was like calling the police on me and being like, and I was the one put in jail when I was not aggressive at all. So, right. I don't know. Yep. Right. turned bad. Is this truth? Lies, shenanigans. Ooh, I don't know. Is it truth or lie? I think it's both a truth and a lie. Somebody's yeah, I think we got some truth and, and lies, which makes it shenanigans. Because both sides of this coin are claiming the truth. So that's shenanigans. And I don't truth. know. I, it's so hard to really tell. I mean, there does seem to be more proof leaning towards Jonathan Majors' story. I will say that. Well, that's it. If he has a witness and they have, if their story is that they have a witness and a video that exonerates him, then yeah, this happened inside the cab and they have a full document of what happened. Yeah. So it it is more leaning that he's not this evil dude that they're making him out to be. So, but we'll see. We'll see. All right. We'll see. All right. Let's get to our next topic. Truth, lies, shenanigans. (laughs) All right, people. Brace yourselves for a a jaw-dropping discussion. (laughs) People Magazine reported that oral sex is a leading factor in throat cancer, a throat cancer epidemic. Dr. Hisham Mahana says people with six or more lifetime oral sex partners are 8.5 times more likely to develop throat cancer. The cancer is caused by the human papillomavirus, or HPV which can be transmitted through oral sex. And she says it is leading to a huge surge in throat cancer cases, (laughs) especially among middle-aged men. (laughs) All right, guys, before you dive in, my question is, does this mean everyone should just be quitting on the foreplay? And keep in mind, we are trying to keep this a family podcast, so I'm going to ask you to please be careful what comes out of your mouth. Uh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with Gianni. Are we about to experience an oral lesson on what not to do? Okay, so this, honestly, though, this just makes me want to be celibate in every way, shape, or form. I just feel like there's... <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that's... You guys don't no think oral this sex is crazy? For you? But no, oral sex no for you? dude. Uh, no, this is gross. I don't want cancer of the throat. I think <laughs> I read a little bit into it. It said that throat cancer used to be something more because of like smoking and tobacco and stuff. But HPV has become like the leading thing that has caused the throat cancer. Mm-hmm. And the fact that right. it's linked to oral sex sounds almost like sinful. But now it did say that. It was mostly it's the number men. of partners with HPV that you come into contact right. with. So the more partners you have, you know, come on, let's let's be honest. You can't be like promiscuous. But but so, the thing so is, got- it's it's mostly men catching it. So it didn't clarify whether or not this was gay men, but it was 
it's men. It's men are, are more likely to get the throat cancer. But <laughs> with that being said, that oh means that men should men be, be less likely going there. down on women. It sounds like to me, I, I'm just curious how you feel about that. <laughs> if they start giving guidance out that says men to avoid this throat cancer, men need to stop going down on women. How do you feel about that? Oh, that, come on. Then I feel like it's white, white men in power flexing their freaking power. Yeah. If that comes through as legislation, like, that'd be cool. Why are you trying to restrict white family? No, I don't like that. <laughs> I think that honestly, it said that the number of partners, so as long as you have like a, a girlfriend, a wife, you shoot, have at her. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you don't need to like go to multiple people. That's where the problem comes in. So this is actually a test of like no, of being me. faithful. Mm-hmm. To- yeah. yeah. All right, right, go ahead. Uh, yeah. let, me, let me let you get in. Right. <laughs> like, like, shut up, man. Like, please don't mean a good thing. <laughs> but yes, I thought it was an interesting article. I felt there was oh, an interesting absolutely. article to bring to light. Absolutely. I've always thought of myself as a cunning linguist, and I wanted to approach this in a tongue-in-cheek manner, but I decided to tread lightly because, like oral sex, one slip of the tongue, and I could find myself in some real shit. So I'm so glad that the intro landed well. I was afraid that I might choke under pressure. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you're welcome. But I, you're a cunning linguist, huh? But I'm glad that we've covered some of the actual facts because oral sex does carry some degree of risk for STIs. It's a sexual activity. The risk of yeah. transmission varies depending on several factors, like we were talking about. The number of sexual partners, the use of protection, such as condoms or dental dams, the presence of any existing STIs, because like Neo said, HPV can be transmitted through oral sex and it is the leading source of throat cancer, which is scary. But vaccination against HPV and practicing safe sex can reduce the risk of transmission. It's like anything else. If you're engaging in sexual behavior, be safe. So ultimately, I know that this can be a lot to swallow, but if we come together safely, we can end this. (laughs) Nice. It's a lot to swallow. That was really good. You're you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I think it's the same with limiting your sexual activity, your risk anyway, with any sexually transmitted disease. You know, it's the value of limiting the number of relationships that you have. And keep Mm -hmm. those relationships. Stop going down on the first date. You know, the heck. Just make that a special thing for the special person you're with. You know what I'm saying? Good one. Yeah. When you, that was a when good, you have an idea that you want advice. this relationship to go somewhere, then, you know. Yeah. Then you, you start getting your thing. You ain't got to go on everybody. But on date one, <laughs> yeah. what are you doing? It's sad. Doing? This is sad. You know, now the report did, of course, say that it was more likely that men were getting this. Maybe it it's doesn't new, matter. It's, so. the, it's it the HPV. Yeah, HPV. They said is very common. Now you mentioned <laughs> dental dams, Rob, but but I was reading that Ooh. dental dams aren't very effective against HPV. I mean, it's more effective than nothing, obviously. Right. <laughs> exactly, it's something. It's something rather than nothing. And we're just talking about. And I'm just throwing out precautions that they are providing that they're guiding the public to use. Yeah, celibacy, celibate. But if you have a partner, you guys have part. You guys have people. I'm talking about for the single folk. Dude, oh. this is for young people. This is a cautionary tale yeah, for young people. Like Neo said, after 26, don't go you down can't even get the on the vaccine. first date. Because, yeah. yeah. And I'm sorry, once you reach a certain point in your life, you've had X amount of sexual partners. There's no going back on it. 
You already so, have HPV. Now this is absolutely, exactly. So this is just a cautionary tale for sure. people who are wow. starting to experiment. Limit your sexual activity. Yeah, sure. It's great. It's fun. It feels amazing. Not yes, that fun. you're going to get better at it, but be safe while you're figuring it out. Well, most of the population already has HPVX. Most of the nope. adult population. That's the most, yeah. it's the most common STI. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. gross. Uh, one thing I did want to say was that the CDC did say that they couldn't tell if the throat cancer was a combination of risk factors. So it right. could be I read that. HPV yeah. along with smoking. smoking. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in mind, smoking and vaping. So, all right, we got oh, some God. comments online. Let's A lot of people back. still vape. <laughs> Michael Wolf says, Michael Douglas said that was how he got throat cancer. Oral sex. Hmm. Going down. What? <laughs> Uh, uh, Latoya Blake says this is straight up shenanigans. Fuck People Magazine. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Oh, it's from People Magazine. Okay, wait a minute. <laughs> she said I haven't had that many partners anyway, so I'm all good. If they stop going Lucky. down, I stop. <laughs> it's just that damn simple. <laughs> she, she's out. She said exactly, Gianni. I'm I'm so good on all of that. I'd rather be celibate than. Popping yeah. up with at my age, almost forty, with some crazy stuff. Yeah, yep. now see, that's fair. You feel a hot mess. Jacqueline yeah. Robinson made a good point. She said there was an epidemic of HPV throat infections among high school students a few years ago. The students wanted to remain mm-hmm. virgins and figured they could engage in this particular activity without harm. Ew. So oh, they they try to find all kinds of loopholes, don't they? Loop. Okay. <laughs> Good job, Robbie. I like uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. It's nice. Straight up. We're going to end it on that one. This is true lies, shenanigans. I'm going with shenanigans. Shenanigans. We still doing it's some. You know what? No. This this has to be lies. Dirty, dirty lies. We have to stop yeah. the spread of these lies. The lies. Good one. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, I'm still I'm still gonna do what we're gonna do. All right, Robbie. <laughs> Be careful, You've got man. some more uses for artificial intelligence. Go ahead. I do. As we've discussed several times on our podcast, police services need some type of reform, and we've been very curious and vocal about AI. In recent years, there has been a growing interest in using AI and big data to enhance policing practices. So Trulio, a technology company based out of San Francisco, California, believes this technology is an indispensable tool to help police officers identify potential threats, provide situational awareness, and generate alerts for suspicious behavior. So one such technology that has gotten attention recently is the AI-powered police body camera. So it uses computer vision and deep learning algorithms to detect, analyze objects and people in real time. However, as with any new technology, there are potential concerns around privacy, bias, ethical considerations. So my question to you is, could AI be the tool that leads to better policing? Start things off. So, you know, while AI is awesome and clearly can help reduce police brutality and use of force to some extent, I still say it seems like a mandate to me, right? And that's because it doesn't address the root causes of the issues. I think there's more underlying factors like racial and social inequities, 
definitely lack of proper training, and of course, accountability. Now, AI, obviously, this tool can help with accountability better because I right. would understand that right now we're probably looking at about 0.1% of the actual videos out there, whereas this tool can actually review 100% of all the video and be able to take mm-hmm. a look and see when there are problems. So, you know, right now, accountability, we have none of that still. Even with the cameras, there's really no accountability. So, mm-hmm. you know, but the thing is, over time, it's just a matter of learning how to fool the technology. I mean, that's all it's going to be. If we don't solve the other problems, all they got to do is figure out how to get around the technology. It's like with cameras, like we have these cameras on the highways and things like that. All you got to do is learn when to stop, learn where the cameras are. You start, they started creating Google, you you know, ways, let you know when the cameras are coming up. All you got to do is counteract the technology. And that's all that's going to happen if we're just dependent totally on AI. So Ensuring that the police force receive proper training, de-escalation, culture sensitivity, better understanding of mental health issues, you know, community policing, socioeconomic inequalities. These are the things we got to start looking at. So that's my thought. I love the AI. You know, mm-hmm. I love AI. I'm a big proponent of AI, but I just think it's, I don't think it's enough, but it's a good start. Go ahead, Johnny. I agree, but I disagree in the sense where you said it's a band-aid. I think that it's more so just an early-on tool, but it's mm-hmm. a tool in a sense because it does hold accountability, but it also keeps record of, from what I'm understanding, certain language or language used, profanity, which I thought was interesting, but it keeps record, so it's almost like causing this like standard for police that really could cost you your job if you're a police officer. So it's like you're coming into this job knowing how you have to come. So I don't know. I think that the traffic system is a good point. But with this, I think that this is a good technology. But honestly, when I first heard it, I was like, is this a way to record and download like police behavior so they can make some type of RoboCop? (laughs) This is so weird. (laughs) I think if used intelligently and with a real purpose other than, oh, let's catch these people and hold them accountable. It could really set a standard. It says 36%. Um, It's not in very many police stations because of the affordability, but I think they could use it, honestly, especially the rural ones. One thing I do want to say about this 36%. So this particular California police department was already doing very well when it came to use of force. This was just an added thing. So basically, if they resolved one use of force issue, then they would get a high percentage rate anyway, because they had so so few use of force incidents. So if they solved one, then yeah, you get a 36%. That's a huge impact. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, it's a little bit skewed, but the other nuance I want to point out is there is a difference between AI Mm -hmm. and machine learning. And actually, I think this is more machine learning that's being referred to as AI, which machine learning, there's a less intuitive nature to it. It's more of about, um, you know, these are the parameters I want you to look for, find them, you know, and that's what machine learning is about versus AI, which can actually act like a human and kind of take a look and start to see things that are, that maybe you didn't specifically set parameters for and it starts to notice somebody doing something different. So this is not exactly AI either. So I just wanted to point those two things out, but go ahead, Robbie. That's so interesting. Yeah. Well, you pulled up those images while Johnny was speaking. If you can pull those up again, please. 
Yeah. So these are some of the metrics that it measures. So it it rates police officers for risk behavior and professional behaviors. So formality, explanations, politeness, gratitude for your professionalism. So some of the interactions that are listed here. Hello, ma'am. I am Officer Smith with the Chicago Police Department. The reason I pulled you over is for doing 60 miles per hour in a 40 miles per hour zone. May I please see your license and registration? Thank you, ma'am. A very professional, courteous, polite interaction. And then in the risk category, they're looking for direct profanity, insults, threats, profanity. So, you know, hey, dummy, sit down on this curb. I'd move you from here. If you move from here, I will break your legs. I don't give a expletive. F you. Direct profanity. So these are (laughs) risk behaviors. And if you're monitoring, if you're recording these interactions and the AI is recording these and giving you metrics on it, now you can identify things at the root. And the nice thing is it gives you a synopsis. So Officer Smith, uh, with this interaction, you know, 70% standard, 20% high, gives them a total of 90%. High professionalism, giving explanations, risky behavior, swore. So I think that if you are out in the field, and especially when you're in a hot situation, the adrenaline's going, you may not be fully aware of what's going on, of how you're reacting to things. So I think that having a good metrics tool like this to report on every interaction that you're having is a great way to improve. So I don't think that it's the cure for it, Neil, Mm -hmm. but it is a wonderful tool where we can finally collect those metrics. And you bring in accountability when you have that. Because if you have an officer who is flagging risky behaviors consistently and the administration, their supervisors aren't taking action on it, then it falls squarely on them. You have that paper trail all the way. You know, I think of someone like Derek Chauvin, where it came up that he had a rich history of aggressive behavior. Well, uh, you know what? Problem officers like that could be identified early and we could work to either train them better or to lead them out of the system. They can go into private security, but they don't need to be policing the citizenry because they're clearly not cut out for it. So I think this is a wonderful tool for identifying those bad apples and getting them out. And the cost, affordability, the lack of market penetration right now, it's not there. But if they can make it affordable and prolific, I think that this is a tool that can affect some real change over time. I just think it needs to be, it just needs to be supplement. It needs to be a supplemental tool or a complementary tool because you still Mm -hmm. have to make sure they're trained properly because even if this tool identifies something, it doesn't matter if you don't train them to do better. Right. Mm -hmm. They're like a national thing that has a standard of how police are trained because aren't you supposed to be trained to be a police? Like, how, how do there's, you do that? I don't think there's a national standard. Okay. But that's a good question. No. How, should there be a national standard for policing? And maybe, maybe that's maybe. something. But then the states are going to fight that. That's going to yeah, be. Yeah, because Chicago is different than. Yeah, and at the, I don't know part. there should be a, I don't think it's right. And that's the thing, because every <clears throat> locality is different. You know, if you're in right. Montana, do you really need to have the same training that you have to have in New York? Eh, probably not. No. So is there a national standard? There are some things that we can probably standardize. No, there, yes, you need to have a national standard because 
even if it's like you said, New York versus Montana. Okay. But what if you have that scenario play out in Montana? You've never received uh, that training. True. You've never received that nugget of knowledge. Good point. No, you need to have a national standard for policing so that it is across the board. And I don't understand policing and appointments and counties and sheriffs. It's crazy in the it, States. It's yeah. the Wild West. You're voting for law enforcement? Shut up. No. Yeah. Put the right people in yeah. place. Yeah, it's we not really a popularity need, contest. There needs to be some police reform. Like I say, this is a tool, oh, yeah. a part of it. But you got to look at the role and responsibilities of law enforcement in our society. And right now they get called for every little issue. You got to start looking at alternative models, especially when it comes to like mental health issues. You got to start looking at other things. Yeah. Let's get these comments online. We got a comment from uh, Jacqueline Robinson. Why can't U.S. police officers undergo the type of training their counterparts receive in other countries? I worry that some will find their way around the technology. And that's my concern. There's going to mm-hmm. be ways around it. It just can't be the only solution. That's my only concern. All right. Is this truth? Lies. Shenanigans. I got some truth. I feel like it's true. I feel like they're trying to make a step towards the right direction, even though it's. It's a good tool. It's a really good. It's a step towards reform. It's a tool that can lead to reform if used properly. If used properly. Right. And it's not just cameras. I mean, and actually, if you think about it, it is sort of like cameras on the highway. But at least those cameras are getting reviewed because they want to make money off of it. But right now, <laughs> all those cameras that they're wearing and all that footage is not getting reviewed. It's just getting stored nope. in case there's a problem. So, exactly. To review in it case afterwards. it needs to be brought yeah. into question. Yeah. yeah. A great topic, Rob. All right, Johnny, you're up next. Truth, lies, shenanigans. You wanted to talk about the death of an icon. <sighs> yes. Jerry, Jerry. I had to intro that way. so maybe you guys have heard of the news this week that tv host jerry springer died peacefully at his home after a small battle with pancreatic cancer he was 79 Mm. so we all know jerry Mm. for his ratchet maybe reality tv show (laughs) his show (laughs) his show actually ended in 2018 and after 27 years 4,000 episodes and many people questioning Jerry Springer's role in the decline of American culture. Despite that, Jerry Springer's show was a ratings powerhouse. What? Springer also told CNN one time that he did not mind being referred to as the grandfather of trash TV. So my question to you guys is, what is your opinion on Jerry Springer's impact on television and pop culture? Well. So like you were saying, Johnny, Jerry Springer's show, where the Jerry Springer show was widely criticized for exploiting vulnerable guests, sensationalizing their personal problems for entertainment. But despite this, he provided a platform for people from a multitude of backgrounds and experiences to share their stories, their perspectives, and it helped break down taboos around topics like sex, relationship, LGBTQ issues. He also, right. the show also addressed controversial issues and political topics such as abortion, rape, poverty, and sparked public discussions around these debates. So it also raised awareness on domestic violence, substance abuse, and it provided resources for those that were in need. It also highlighted the importance of freedom of speech and expression, while the show faced numerous attempts at censorship and cancellation. And 
Jerry Springer had a short political career and it Made didn't really go anywhere. <laughs> right. Oh, in the late seventies. Yeah. In the late seventies, early eighties, he had a political stint, but Aww. he used his TV platform to advocate for progressive causes and social justice issues, LGBTQ rights, criminal justice reform. So in the end, I think that he had a greater impact on American discourse than he would have had as a politician. So as a TV host, also, he gave us Steve Wilkos right. and the guy, I mean, what I loved about Barry Springer, <laughs> voted worst show on TV. And when they were voted the worst show on TV, they were unabashedly proud of it. It was plastered all over their sets. It was amazing. That is hilarious. Steve Wilkos. Really? Yes. I love Steve yeah. Wilkos. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that God, was a fun show. It was depressing, but... <laughs> It was a depressing show. <laughs> no. What but is I, wrong I with you people? I oh love Steve Wilkos. <laughs> how about to, you, Neil? It's, it's a good measure to see how much I'm winning in life. I just tune into those shows. And then <laughs> right. I see how much I'm actually winning. That's a good winning. point. <laughs> that is. It helps you. It's therapeutic. That's, what my, you know, that's, funny. that's what my wife said about when she watches Ratchet TV. <laughs> Makes her feel good about her life. <laughs> I'm like, really? All right. <laughs> I can't watch it. My life's not so bad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, I watched Jerry Springer all the time back in the day, and like in the early years when he first came out, because I thought it was fun, you know. But at some funny. point, at some point, it got to be just contrived fighting, and it just got to be boring to me. You know, it was like, yeah, at first I thought people were fighting for real, and they probably were actually. But in the beginning, some were, some were scripted, some were acted, yeah. you know, yeah. but it got to be like watching wrestling and it's all fake. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I can't watch this crap anymore. I just can't. <laughs> I, I don't know. Jerry was good at what he did. Hmm. He was good at what he did. I even tried to watch it in the later years and I just I couldn't, just couldn't. And I knew it was fake and I knew what was coming. It's the same thing. Every show. Yeah, anyway. it is. It's predictable. But it's sad that you know, he's gone. He, it was, it's he, a smart move, though. He knew what he was doing in, in marketing that kind of, like, those kind of stories. Like, how, everybody watched. How'd you feel? Because you, you really um, didn't know Jerry Springer when he was, what was it, back in the 80s? When did Jerry Springer still start? In the late 80s, early 90s? I think late, early 90s, yeah. I think so. I mean, I... So that was when, that was course, when the show was good. <laughs> <laughs> in the beginning yeah. i didn't start first watching, episode uh jerry well first what episode of the jerry springer show was september 30th 1991 91 oh. Oh. i was officially graduated high school at that point yikes i had not graduated so yet cute. so wait did you guys watch with around that time when yeah. when jerry came out that was when it was really so cute. I didn't watch until like 2005, 2006. Yeah, you were oh. watching reruns. We saw it as it was happening, as the debacle was happening. The was spiral. Yeah. <laughs> and then and Kevin, Lori came. So Kevin Daxon confirmed 90s. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what were your thoughts, Yanni? Um, were, you, were you sad? Um. Yeah, because it's kind of like a little nostalgic, like a part of your childhood. You guys were older by then, so you didn't really care about him. But like when I was growing, <laughs> so when I was growing up, it was like in the background, like Maury and Jerry and my grandmother's soap operas and stuff like that. So it is a little, it's sad, but he did live a long life. I mean, and he was famous and wealthy, to be honest. But yes, yeah, we probably watch sad. soap operas too. 
You know what? I only watched. It's funny that you should mention it because in high school, I started watching soap operas because all my female friends were watching them. And after about Aww. a week or two, I was just like, ah, you know what? This is really garbage. Right? I hate this. But then I had worked a construction job years later and I had worked seven tens two months straight. So I was bagged by the end of it. So I chose not to work for a couple seven of weeks. Seven tens are seven days, 10 hours, seven a week. days hour a week, day. 10 hours. And I was commuting Whoa. about three hours total. So it was, they were long days. <laughs> so then when I decided to just stop working for a short period, I was on the couch and then I started watching soap operas. And as I was watching it, I was just like, Okay, like this is years later and nothing's changed. I feel like I'm all caught up with the characters <laughs> already. This is thing. stupid TV. This is just is so stupid dumb. TV. I hate soap operas. Oh I never my understood God. it. Yeah. <laughs> so no, not a soap opera guy, my friend. Yeah, okay, good. Good for you. Because the same thing happened to me where I was like, I was off from school or something in the summer and I had nothing to do. And I started watching. Oh, yeah. I, I watched As the World Turns or something like that. And I got Young into her for yeah. a little while. And I was like, this is just dumb. <laughs> just like, and I, I couldn't watch days. it. I went back to my cartoons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love cartoons. I'll go to that. All right, let's get some comments <laughs> online. Oh, this is a good little tidbit. We need Mike Wolf on more often. So oh, Jerry yeah. Springer had to resign as a Cincinnati city councilman because he paid a prostitute, paid for a prostitute <gasps> with a check. Did you know that? Who else do we know did that? I did, did not know that. <laughs> Donald Trump? Trump. Did Trump do that? Oh, yeah. Sounds like a Trump move. No, no. He wow. just, he paid hush money to a porn star. He didn't pay to have sex with her. He paid hush money. <laughs> oh, this is a good point. Because I, I think, I think this is, yeah. So <laughs> Jacqueline Robinson says he actually started out wanting to help his guests, often referring them to counselors and other services. I remember that, actually. However, Ooh, thanks to Ricky saying. Lake, his show took a trashy turn. <laughs> thanks, yeah, Ricky. I, really? After that? I remember that. All right. Ricky um, Lake. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you I'm what, she's Ricky no Lake. Jerry. <laughs> no, she was not Jerry. <laughs> All right. Jack Robson also said the producer skillfully manipulated guests in the green room. By the time they yes. came out on stage, they were riled up, ready to fight. It fascinated me that women would fight over the ugliest, most trifling, stupidest men imaginable. Oh it's my true, goodness, though. Yes. And, and vice versa. Like, and vice versa. Right, vice versa that's true. Sure. Vice versa, yes. Very true. The craziest couples <laughs> in situations. Like, yeah. <laughs> All right. Is this true? I wish you had a clip. I wish you had a clip to show them for good old time's sake. Oh, Poor Jerry. This is true. It's, it's true. Poor Jerry. Jerry. Rest in peace, Jerry. But like you said, Johnny, peace, Jerry. he lived a long life. He did what he wanted, so he rocked it, man. Well done, Jerry. Oh, yes. He lived oh, yeah. Michael life says Ricky history. Lake was the star of the original Hairspray movie. You may remember her from there. Oh, okay. I know who you're talking about. Okay. All right. All right. I love I tell you, Mike Wolf with the tidbits. All right. All right, today's game this month is National Poetry Month. So I thought I'd test out our knowledge on some poetry trivia. Mm. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> we'll go Probably around no the horn. 
And this trivia quiz is provided by the Washington Post. So you'll get a point for every correct answer. And the person with the most points wins the final thought for the show. All right. So I'm going to give the first one to Robbie. Haiku typically consists of three lines with five, seven, and five syllables. Often they contain seemingly straightforward observations about the world. Here's one example by Richard Wright. White caps on the bay, a broken signboard banging in the April wind. Where did haiku originate? United States? Interesting. China or England? Japan. It sounds Japanese, yeah. It sounds Japanese. That is correct. The sun shines brightly. You're a master of haiku. Japan is correct. Nice. Good job, Rob. That's good. good. Gave the answer in a haiku. All right. All right, Gianni. Okay. The Road Not Taken by American poet Robert Frost is one of the most famous poems in the United States. See if you can fill in the blank in these lines from the end of the poem. Two roads blank in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Would that be ran side by side, came together, diverged, went deep? So the road not taken. Two roads. Two roads ran side by side in a wood. Ran side by side in a wood. I already know the answer is incorrect. <laughs> Diverge. No. Oh, goodness. I wanted to win yes. that one to make America proud. Incorrect. To <laughs> make people proud. Two roads diverged Sorry, in America. a wood. <laughs> Sorry, America. <laughs> Kevin Thaxton got the Japan answer correct. All right. Next up is me. Number three, Maya Angelou is known for her poetry, but she also won several major entertainment awards. Which awards has she won? Emmy Award, Grammy Award, Oscar Award, Tony Award. Don't know, actually. Maya Angelou. It's either Grammy or Tony, I think. Um, I don't really know. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Grammy and assume that she had a, a poetry album or something. I was correct. Yes. What? Yes. Shoot. <laughs> she won a Grammy. Good for her. Yep. She won a Grammy. Wow. Maya Angelou has won three Grammy awards for recordings of her poems in the best spoken oh, yes. word album category. So oh, Kevin Thaxton yeah. had guessed Emmy and he was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mm. Robbie, you're up next. Hey, True Kevin. or false? Most of Shakespeare's plays, including Romeo and Juliet and Hamlet, are written in the form of poetry. True or false? What? Jeez. Well, at least it's fifty-fifty. Yeah. Um, lucky you. <laughs> I'm gonna say true. From what I remember, it seems to. True. That is yeah. correct. Interesting. All right. Oh, because it rhymes, or oh, okay, it says it. Well, Shakespeare oh, usually wrote in a kind. Of... Oh, you're. <laughs> That's so funny because prior to the show when Neil had said it was going to be about poetry, I was like, the only thing I remember about poetry is from grade school, and that's iambic pentameter. So I love that it's come back full circle. <laughs> All right. Full so circle. Shakespeare usually wrote in a kind of poetry known as iambic pentameter. Typically, each line of his plays contains 10 syllables 
and every other syllable is stressed or emphasized. Interesting. Consider this line from Romeo and Juliet. But soft, what light through yonder window breaks. Yeah, that's I don't know if I said that in iambic pentameter, but... You did good. (laughs) That was good. It was definitely English. I'll give you that. (laughs) All right, Gianni. Which poet wrote, Where the sidewalk ends, a light in the attic, as well as the picture book, The Giving Tree. Would that be Shel Silverstein, Dr. Seuss, Maurice <sighs> Sendak, or Louis Sachar? I know two that it's oh not. I don't think it's Dr. Seuss, and I don't think it's Sendak. I agree, agree with you, actually. I think it's Sherry Silverstein, because I remember the little na- I think it is. Please be it. So I don't look that like is correct. Yes. Hey. Nice, Good job. Make America proud. Make America proud. Right. Well done, That's Johnny. right. <laughs> Shel Silverstein. He was a poet, songwriter, and cartoonist. Well done, oh, Gianni. Cool. All right. Nice. So the only way that Gianni's still in it is if I can answer this. Oh, this is so easy. This is we'll easy. All right. Baltimore well, Ravens team was inspired by which American poet? Emily Dickinson, Langston Hughes, Walt Whitman, or Edgar Allan Poe. That would Quote be Edgar Raven. Edgar Allan Poe. That Never is no correct. way. All right. Yeah. Why? Team was named after the Ravens. The poem Treehouse by Baltimore resident Edgar Allan Poe. So in 1996, fans chose the name for the city's new team, which had been the Cleveland Browns. All right, Robbie. Yeah. We're going to take the last one together. All right. Ooh. Oh, he was the president. Sorry, you're out, Johnny. Sorry, buddy. In his book, <laughs> Lemonade, poet Bob Ratzka, Raxa, Raxa. I don't yeah. know if I'm saying that right, showed that a whole poem could be made by rearranging the letters of a single word. Here's one example. Ball Ooh. reaches here, ace is clear, cheers. That poem uses that letters good. from one word. What is that word? Baseball. I'm going with bleachers. Oh, darn it. There's CH. You got it. You know, Am I right? Bleachers. Yeah, it's yep. going to be bleachers. Yay! It's, a, it's about baseball. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Good job, Leo. So looking back, darn it. we got Mike Wolf. Iambic pentameter, Romeo and Juliet from Jacqueline Robinson, Kevin Daxton guessed Shell Silverstein. Uh, he also guessed Poe, being from Baltimore. All right. Marco. I would have never in my life guessed that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's close it out with some shout outs. All right, Johnny. Shout out to my brother, my only brother in the world. I love you so much. He's having a baby boy. He just found out today. And congratulations. I love you. And I can't wait to see you. Mwah. Congratulations. Oh, first amazing. Oh, his first son. That's amazing. Oh, amazing. Yeah. We. My shout out is Love. to Barbara Morris of the UK, who, for her 90th birthday, went for a ride on a Harley Davidson. She had told her kids that if she ever made it to 90, that she would want to ride on the back of a Harley Davidson. And to her surprise, her kids made it happen with the help of a local biker gang. Oh, that's nice. nice. 
That's that's cute. pretty. Yeah, she used I to ride a motorcycle that. as a young girl in her fifties. She's been riding, and then that's it. She's like, yes. I want to feel the wind on my face one more time, and they made it happen. They took her out to a pub. Her. That's awesome. I love that. That's a really good one. Love, I love that. that. All right, so I want to shout out Dennis Malik Barnes. He's a black sixteen-year-old New Orleans senior who's already mm-hmm. earned 27 college credits and has a grade point wow. average of 4.98. Wow. Dude's yes. amazing. So far, he's gotten scholarship offers from about 130 universities, totaling wow. $9 million. Dennis yes. Malik Barnes. Congratulations, buddy. Wow. Amazing, Congratulations. Amazing, That's amazing and very impressive. Keep it up, man. That's yep. amazing. Good job. All right. That is officially all the time we have for today's show. I'd like to thank you all for joining us. We hope you learned something, gained a new perspective, or simply had some laughs with us. We will be back recording our podcast next week, live as usual, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Don't forget to check out our video clips. Subscribe to us on YouTube using TLSshow.com. And look for our official audio podcast episodes on Tuesdays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you listen to your podcast. And I am the winner for the final <laughs> thought of the show, but I'm going to turn it over to Rob B because he has a special, special closing Aww. for you. Uh, thanks, my friend. So for a final thought, I would like to quote the late, great Jerry Springer. Take care of yourself and each other. Love it. Thank oh, you so much. Don't cry. <laughs> oh. Well, thank you, Rob so B. Cute. Thank you, Gianni. But most importantly, we always have to thank you for listening and watching our shenanigans each and every week. See you next week.